Sammy. And this is the Holistic Heart Podcast, the place for all things therapy and mental health. We know navigating the human experience can be as challenging as it is beautiful. So we wanted to create a space where we can dive deep into self-exploration, normalize the struggle, and hold space for hard topics and conversations. We are so excited to have you join us on this journey. Welcome to the Holistic Heart Podcast. I am Sammy, and I'm here with my lovely co-host, Kristen. Hi. <laughs> and we're so excited to be here today. I, um, like, literally, I just want, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I feel like every single time we start and then, like, introduce the other one, we laugh. <laughs> I know. I don't know what's so... <laughs> <laughs> I think it just feels weird to like jump in and be like, hi. And then- I know it does. And I'm sure everyone's noticed if you listen, I, I, I am like, hi, my voice goes so high. And it's like, I never say hi like that. My phone voice comes out. <laughs> it's such a, like an odd dynamic. I feel like as we go through the episode and we like are just talking and it's normal conversation, it gets more normal. But that very beginning part always feels really strange. And I think that it just gives me like the nervous giggles. <laughs> oh, always. We we were just talking before we pressed record. Probably no one's noticed this, but Kristen and I have like this pattern of like, I start, then she starts, then I start like introducing the podcast. And we'll like, we literally will spend time like, who was it? Was it you or me? And then we sit here like, it doesn't fucking matter. No one's noticing this beyond ourselves. And if they are noticing, like they do not care. We're volleying the like, oh, who wants to have the awkward start? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like everything it's, just, oh. it's less about like making it even in a sense of like for you all listening, it's more like, oh, who gets the hot potato of having to like do the awkward intro this time? Right. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Well, and I feel like I, this just came to me. It's like, we are often talking about like maybe prepping a little bit of how we're going to, going to go about talking about whatever the topic is or deciding on the topic so it feels like it's like this break in our conversation it's like okay now how do we like introduce the conversation we were just in the middle of having already which is why we consistently are just like this press record (laughs) um but yes we digress um (laughs) so what are we talking about yes today we are going to talk about body image who our favorite topic in the whole entire world (laughs) I feel like it's a good one though because there's so much good stuff out there about like anti-diet culture that I think is really like challenging the normative dialogue like and such I mean for I'll say my generation's like consistent messaging it's like really shifting and I think that's so important and powerful so Mm -hmm. it's Kristen's my generation like we're like in such <laughs> we are, yeah we are we're 10 years apart like that's like a decade I was born in the 80s <laughs> I'm I just barely hit into the 90s though so we're not too far off but we're just um but <laughs> <laughs> um but what was I gonna say? Oh, 
when I was like, oh, our favorite topic, I literally mean the sarcasm in that. But also, seriously, I think it's like it is one of my favorite topics to talk about. And I think it's inherently something that we're talking about when we're not not explicitly talking about it Mm -hmm. because it speaks to and maybe this is a little bit is like not directly, but it's like it speaks to the relationship that we have with ourselves and a really important element of the relationship that we have with ourselves. And it also is so influenced by our relationship with um, the world and everything around us. And it is so influenced by all of that. Mm-hmm. And so it's like being able to take some time, like you were saying earlier too, um, in our private conversation, Kristen was talking about how um, particularly, obviously body image is something that is always a relevant topic, but it's like maybe something that feels like it's, we're more aware of, or it's something that feels a little bit more, um, potent during the summertime, during times where, um, you're typically wearing less clothing because of it being warm outside and everything. And there's just, um, a lot of expectations around things during this time of year. So it's also very, um, the relevancy is there. And I think it's also, it can be maybe more challenging to talk about during that time because of all of that. Yeah. Because it's very present and it's like very present in the media in the summer. I feel like, you know, there's all kinds of like, you know, stupid sayings, like, like being summer ready and like that kind of stupid shit where you're like, yeah, (laughs) I'm ready, you know, like, (laughs) here it's summer so I'm ready or like I'm not because I don't like the heat (laughs) it has nothing to do with anything else but but I think it does come up and I think we are just starting to get to a place as a sort of socio-culturally where we're challenging the way that it comes up and I love that Mm -hmm. but I think because it's still fairly new it's something that is not has not yet had the opportunity to be fully internalized by most of us, if, if Mm -hmm. at all. And then, so therefore I personally, I feel like there, I talk to people and I certainly can relate to a little bit of um, like incongruence with like how I intellectually think about it. And then like my gut response to my own experience is still feels very much conditioned right like in Mm -hmm. um so I have like a sort of intellectual scope of sure like bodies are different sizes obviously you know like healthy has nothing to do with BMI and all these things that we're learning about you know that these false measures of health and things like that um And also, you know, like knowing those things consciously and then having your own gut response to your, my, I'll say for me, having my own gut response to my experience in my own body are sometimes two very different things. So it's like, okay, we're still, we're still unlearning quite a bit. Oh, definitely. It's in, in my personal experience, it's one of the, the moments where you can be in the midst of like, holy shit, the cognitive dissonance that is present in my brain right now, where you can know these things and, and firmly believe them, maybe in an objective way, but then not be fully feeling that in a subjective way or having a hard time making the connection between the two. And that can vary. That can vary day to day. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, how many people, I certainly have that experience where some days it's like, okay, I'm comfortable. And other days it's like, not even about, I think when we talk about body image, a lot of times we're talking about size or weight or, you know, like body shape. Um, but 
there's also like the physicality of how it feels to be in your body. Are you someone that experiences like chronic pain or um, like discomfort or some kind of chronic medical issue that makes it uncomfortable to be in your body? And that can also contribute to um, body image stuff and also like dissociative type stuff of like not feeling connected. Um, so there's all kinds of ways that we don't feel where we could not feel good in our body. Mm -hmm. Oh, so many. And those are like, those are all like these physiological experiences. And it's like, also how, what have we consumed? Mm -hmm. What have we consumed in, in terms of like social media? How is society playing a role in this? What kind of conversation did we have? What show did we watch last night? What movie do we know we're going to go see? Who are we going to go hang out with? what time of the month is it? Mm -hmm. Um, I know that's a huge thing for me. And it's like allowing yourself to be aware of these things and recognize that there are so many factors that play into this relationship that you have with yourself and with your body. And, and there are different, like you're speaking to, um, experiences of these, like, it's almost like a layered relationship that you have. Mm -hmm. And it feels like, you know, I don't have, um, like any particular area of expertise around working with body image or body neutrality, but I have like done a lot of reading about, I think it's just a really important component of all of our self-acceptance work and our, you know, like we talk so much about self-inquiry and about, like you were saying earlier, Sammy, like cultivating this relationship with self and, we talk a lot about self-acceptance and how self-love and self-care and all of these things. And it's like, your body is part of yourself. And so if we're feeling disconnected or like pushing away from our physical experience of ourselves, then there's some aspect that's not being integrated. Right. And that mm -hmm. um, to me is a very curious place and an opportunity for increasing connection, increasing inquiry between self and self, right? Like these different aspects of self. And so I've, I've read quite a bit about it because I just think it's really important. Um, and I think a very, I don't know if you have this experience, Sammy, but a lot of people that I talk to, like, this is a pretty common experience, regardless of objective body size or shape, most people that I talk to have some type of internalized experience around not feeling comfortable with their physical appearance in some way. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I would go so so far, go so far as to say every person. Yeah. Because it's like you're saying, like, it doesn't mean that that presents or shows up in exactly the same way, but it's, there is something, mm -hmm. something or some things that are sticking points. And that they, that comes up and impacts so many other elements of our experience or can impact. Um, and I think it, it is, it's like, and I, I say that I don't love making wide sweeping statements like that, but I, I think it's part of the human experience. Yeah. And it's like that to me, again, is this invitation to unlearning because, mm -hmm. and I, I recently read a book, um, I don't know if I shared it on Holistic Heart. I know I shared it on my own Instagram, uh, but like a book review on it, but it was called the body liberation project. I highly mm -hmm. recommend it. If you're interested in the topic, um, by Chrissy King, it was really, really good. It's so well-written. Um, and it just differentiates between terms like body positivity, 
versus body mm-hmm. neutrality versus body liberation. Um, she talks about like the, you know, body positivity being actually born out of like black women, you know, cultivated that movement. And then we've sort of like white people have co-opted that language and it's become, mm-hmm. you know, something that it was it sort of erases the people who originated it. And so it's like, it's valuable to look at language in that way and get curious about what we're saying and how we're saying it and where that comes from. But I also bring up that book because she talks a lot about how our beauty standards are based in white supremacy and racism and Eurocentric Mm -hmm. beauty standards, right? So there's like Eurocentric beauty standards don't apply to a large majority of individuals. And so when we are basing our own worthiness or our own um, aesthetic, if you will, or our own like attractiveness or sense of self in relation to something that we're not even like, that's not, it doesn't apply to us, you know, like then that it just leaves so many people out and it makes so many people feel less than for something that was never like, that's not meant for them. And it's not celebratory of the, real diverse like way that we can all show up and how beauty is different in different contexts so Mm -hmm. I I just thought of that book because I feel like that's a really important thing to add to this conversation is like what we find attractive is absolutely impacted by the images that we keep being shown and the bias behind those images Yes. Oh, and that's so, it's so important to take a look at that and identify what's playing into. And what you just said, I think is an important thing to note too. Like we don't often think of celebration mm-hmm. when we think of, I, at least I will speak for myself. I don't think of like, let's celebrate when I think of the concept of body image or like anything that we're talking about today. And I, and like, why is that? Mm-hmm. And, and these are like, we always say, it's like, so important to when we when we step into these things like ask the questions and um and seek out this information to really understand because we are all being impacted by things that are bigger than us and we have the ability to access the information to like it's almost like becoming aware of things in an expansive way can actually help us see deeper into ourselves mm-hmm. and understand and, and release in a way, like release something that was not meant for us to begin with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It becomes very, I think this is one of the places that is very um, like where I'm very interested is it becomes very unconscious where it's like, if you keep seeing, you know, I don't know, and this is changing and I love that it's changing and when I was growing up, like models looked like you could just change their faces. Like it was like, there was a model. It just looks the same. Like, you know, like maybe there's a brunette and a blonde, maybe that's the difference, but like, there's not a whole lot of difference right around like, or individuality or expression of different representation of different um, body types or different ethnicities, right? There's like just sort of this one type that keeps being portrayed. And if that's yep. the quote unquote model, and that means um, if they're like modeling and they're attractive, conventionally attractive. Um, so that like the, the unconscious equates this image with attractiveness and anything that falls outside of that image, which is like all of us, right? 
<laughs> for most of us and like is not that right we're then so then if attractiveness looks like that and that's what we've coupled unconsciously then we just don't feel like we measure up to the le- the standard of what attractive is or what right. is valuable in society absolutely well and when when you're saying that it's like the quote-unquote standards of beauty from the societal perspective also like shift with trends which is like something that is like our body is the the, so uniquely and beautifully different shifts with trends like the clothes that we wear or the way that we decorate our homes Mm -hmm. yep and when you when you look at it in that way it is absurd I was I was having a conversation with um my sister who's like 13 years younger than I am. And, and so I think it's interesting. And I know this is not what you are doing, but I think it can be so easy to like, when we look back, when you get to the point in life, when you can look back and be like, wow, like so much has changed. I'm so glad that it's not like it was, Mm -hmm. then we can start to be come, I think complacent and like, it's so much better than it was. And it's still not good. (laughs) And it's still not good. And that even let's say, even if it was, it's like, that doesn't mean that there's not continued growth. And that a lot, it's just like, and that's why I was thinking of the trends thing. It's like, oh, the trends are like different. And to me, it's like working away from what trends are and that that's something that's even relevant at all in this context. Because um, when I, I was having this conversation with my sister and we were just talking about different different things that feel like they're um, influencing body image and in like style and the way that we carry ourselves and the way that we expect to interact with other people. And it was so interesting because I'm looking at, I'm like, wow, there's so much more like freedom and things and, and of expression and, and everything. And it was like, wow, I, I look at that from a different perspective only 13 years before that. And I'm talking to her and it's like, no, that's not what the experience is as a teenager. Right. Because I think so often, um, this is, you know, it's comes up very strongly during adolescence Mm -hmm. and it's like, that's a foundational, just like anything else in life, but it's an extremely foundational phase. Mm -hmm. And it also tends to be where so much of this starts to build upon itself. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it was just a very interesting conversation to see that and be like, hell, like these are like, it's not, we can get stuck in that. I'm so glad. And it's important to, it's important to be able to reflect on progress and in positive shifts, but also um, not forget that we need to continue to focus on this and expand upon this. And I want to read that book that you were talking about, because um, I think those are the kinds of things that are so important and to understand not just that these things are happening, but why, what started the concept of these things being trends? Why is that something that we um, follow? And that is consciously and subconsciously and unconsciously a part of our conditioning. Mm -hmm. Well, and to your, I think it's valuable. So much is valuable in what you were saying. One in how we can look back and say, oh, wow, it's so much better than it was when I was your age, like your sister's age. Right. But, and then hearing her subjective experience of still feeling like it could be you saying that when you were her age, you know, it's like, okay, well, you still feel the way that I felt. So we're right. not so no. different from no. where we were, right? Like things are still having this impact. There's still this societal pressure. Um, and I feel like there is this, like, I don't know, sort of overarching where you were saying about that, 
like um, how learning can be expansive. I feel like that by depersonalizing it in the way that you were just describing and looking at trends and looking at how like how beauty is even defined has looked so significantly different over eras right like over like the 20s versus the you know like what's the difference totally. um you know and so and like you said how styles of clothing and stuff but that so that teaches us it like lets us know this is so beauty is fully a made up social construct like it is it is fully just a social construct (laughs) there's no objective there's no such thing as like objectively this or that it's like what what we have collectively decided um and put out there and I say we really generously because of course most of us aren't part of that decision making process Right. right like and so what we're fed and I think in that process of externalizing it and saying this is a trend this is a changing thing this is a societal construct mm-hmm. um it makes it less about inadequacy and less about conformity it's like if this can change <laughs> then mm-hmm. then it's not about me not fitting something it's about what people have decided and like made like this small area and said this right. this exclusively maybe mm-hmm. um but I do think, you know, we're moving toward, I hope, like a more inclusive where it's like, okay, but we, mm. it's valuable to see how beauty looks in many different ways. And I think like the importance of that to me is the, the tone it sets for self-love and self-acceptance for us to be able to oh. see and celebrate ourselves and say my, like you said, Sammy, like the uniqueness, like my uniqueness is valuable my me I'm showing up in a way that I feel like um so much has been based on conformity like it's been like how much like everyone else can I get like how close to everyone else or the majority can I get and I feel like those walls are starting hopefully to come down and we're wanting to look at how do I be me in the most expressive way Mm -hmm. and like my uniqueness is the most beautiful thing about me not how much I can abandon myself to fit into some kind of pre-existing mold. A hundred percent. Yes. And that's like, that's, that's the trend is like being you, which like, that sounds so cliche, but it's like, it's so true. And and I heard you say that word too, like the celebration, like celebrating, honoring who you are. And I do think that we need to also recognize like that, that doesn't, I don't, neither of us, I don't think mean to be like silver lining, washing it where it's like, Oh, like just celebrate, just be you and everything. It's like to honor all parts, like all of you is that all of everything and, and being able to hold space for, like you were saying, the uniqueness that we each bring. And that like, it's really just deconstructing what the fuck we're even talking about when we say beautiful. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Because I think a lot, of, I, I like to use the word beautiful in the context of like experience and like more ethereal, like abstract things. Oh my gosh. I always jam my elbow into my desk when yeah. I'm talking because I talk with my hands so much. Um, I hope that you didn't hear that. I <laughs> didn't hear it. Um, but 
when we think of beauty, we think of this objective kind of like visual experience. And so it's like shifting into really what that means and, and how that can be represented. And going back to the, um, the aspect of body image being the felt experience of ourselves and that, that, that sense of beauty can be brought into the experience of the felt sense as well. And how much of my own struggle with maybe self-acceptance or body image or body acceptance um, or like Chrissy King says body liberation in her book. Like, I love that. Like we need to be like free to be ourselves, right? Like this like celebratory. Um, But how much of that is not how I actually feel about me, but how I've been taught to feel about me in the context of something someone else decided, right? Like in that got so ingrained that I'm not even realizing consciously that I might not even feel this way, right? Like, so there's difference. Like you feel, genuinely feel discomfort in your body. And there's like something that you need to connect with yourself around that. That's one very real experience and valid experience. But I think so much of our discomfort comes from external messages. And it's really important to, to identify those as such, right? And to do that work of like, like I think about even in this like anti-diet culture that's coming up right now, which I love. Um, it's like, I don't know how it's a newsflash that like, but also it is, I have totally done this. Um, like that some of the quote unquote healthy diets are like literal disordered eating, mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. Literally, literally disordered eating. And, yep. you know, it's like, oh, just don't eat this entire food group, even though you're not allergic or having any, you know, like, you know and it's like what are we setting ourselves what have we set ourselves up for and I think there's so much awareness now coming to like oh uh yikes ew um that's probably not like healthy right like that's not good and how do we look at that and let that inform just because it's like quote unquote popular or normative does not at all mean that it's true like not No. Well, and like what you're saying too, where it's like, it takes, it truly takes, not that if you're choosing to do that, it's not a a personal choice that you're making, but when there's so much external noise about it, you're not really able to to fully make this choice for yourself. And if someone's saying, this is bad, this is good, do the good thing. Don't do the bad thing. If you do the bad thing, X, Y, Z, and it's going to happen, then you're like, how are you supposed to have full autonomy and agency when you're trying to do the whatever, whatever even the motivation is for you, but to be able to take a step back and say like, you can like, if that's something you're doing it for you, not because you're doing it because this outside source is saying to do it or not to do it. And really, if we think about it, if we take the outside source away from saying that, or if we minimize that, is there really that much motivation to do that, to take, Mm -hmm. like you were saying, like a food group out or something like that and really identifying Um, And I think that's a really important question to ask yourself, like, how do I feel without that? Like, what would it be like? And I I recognize we can't really actually do that because that is there still, but really to step back and say, like, who am I doing this for? What, what am I doing this for? Mm -hmm. And to know that, like, it can feel like your own voice, even if it's not at first, right? Because it's oh, yeah. influenced by those external. So we can believe that we really do feel a certain way. So how do yeah. we, how do we just like anything else start to become 
friends with ourselves? How do we treat ourselves well? How do we, um, because I think, you know, like there's so much association in the medical field with like thin and fit and healthy, but actually one, we're learning that that's not true. Uh, like the, those things don't correlate, then does not mean healthy. And there's lots of very unhealthy reasons why people lose weight. Um, and people who are at a higher weight can absolutely be, and often are incredibly healthy. So there's not actually that correlation there that has been taught to us. Right. And yet, and, and so I think like so many, so often I hear from people who are engaging in incredibly unhealthy, extremely self-harming behaviors mm-hmm. in an attempt to be thin so that they look healthy right, or right. look a certain way that may or may not feel better to them or may just be more socially acceptable in their view. But we have this lot, I think this like societal lie where we're calling it like, oh, this is health. Like this is right. The majority of people are doing very, very damaging things to their body to, in the name of right. being a certain size or a certain shape. And so right. how healthy is that? Like what when you are moving your body in a loving way, when you are you know nourishing yourself and engaging with life what size is your body? Because that's probably what size your body is. Yes. And how do we, and then how do we do the work? Because that's, you know, I'm saying it in a flip way, like it's easy, but when, when it's not the norm size or the celebrated size, you know, socioculturally, it can be hard to say, okay, this is my size. Yes. Well, and that's where it's like, if we're going to, if we're going to go with the whole trend thing, let's do that. Let's make that the trend. And like, stick with that trend, you know, like, let's do the thing. Like you were saying, like nourishing our body, moving our bodies in a way that is beneficial and supportive and feels good and consuming like media and social media and, you know, content, whatever it is that feels good because a lot of it doesn't. Mm-hmm. And that's what I mean by like checking in with and, and becoming aware of like, even if you're, I don't know, like scrolling, why do I follow this person and becoming aware and like awareness does not mean that you have to change it. Like just knowing you could be like, yep, I don't feel great, but, but I know this now, you know, and like becoming it, everything is, doesn't change all at once. And it's just creating a space where there is, um, like the ability to create celebration and to create honoring and, we, ha- we need to have space to do that. We need to have, um, like what I mean that it's like reflection and the ability to look inside of what our experience is and be able to, like we were saying, create an expansive um, experience for ourselves to really, to, to see, I kind of think of it's like breaking down the walls of that versus it's just like, this is good, this is bad, this is healthy, this is unhealthy. And I love that you brought that up because I feel like, uh, like nutrition wise, there's so many things that are trends. This is healthy. This is unhealthy. This is a superfood. That's not superfoods are a thing. They're not blah, 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 all back and forth. And it's like, and how do things feel for you in your body? Because our bodies are all unique. Different. They yeah. all look different. They all feel different. They all work differently. And it's like getting to know you, your whole body, mind, body, and spirit. 
Mm-hmm. And you even mentioned there something that comes up a lot in the books I've read on like diet culture of like the assigning morality to food. Like, oh, this is a bad food. This is a good right. food. But I'm being bad right now because I'm eating this cookie. It's like, get the fuck out of here. Like, true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's just food is food. And <laughs> like, how do we like take the morality out of the picture? Mm-hmm. And like, like you're saying, check in with yourself. How does it? feel in my body when I consume this like does am I is this bringing me joy like we you know there's a lot of talk about eating for nutrition which of course is important and also we eat for lots of other reasons we eat to celebrate we eat for joy we eat for like and that like those are also part of being alive in a physiological experience right like and engaging with life fully um includes food right and like I think it's especially challenging when we talk about food because it's not something that we can cut out like you know there's a lot of things that are like that we could struggle with and just say okay I'm just not even gonna touch that then because it's hard for me um and we can't do that with food and so we have to really work with our learning and our unlearning and relearning you know like and Mm -hmm. it was making me think when you were saying um like what you're consuming social media wise or anywhere, I think it's so helpful for me, I'll say to like follow certain social media accounts that help me learn the things that I believe, but are being modeled. Right. Like, and it's like, I feel like we don't have enough in the popular media role models of healthy self-expression and self-acceptance across a range of experience And so we, but in this like age where every individual can give themselves a platform, we can find role models, even if they're not going to be put, you know, on TV or on a billboard, which they should be, and they are starting to be, but like Mm -hmm. we can seek them out still by cultivating just where are we the most? What are we looking at? How do we access like examples because that's what I think so many of us growing up didn't have is examples of people who are comfortable who are expressing themselves with pride and with joy and engaging with life in a really exciting way you know and so how do we put that on our feet and like cultivate our own like media diet too so that we know the messages we're getting are like on par with where we want to be you know Yes. Well, and looking at it, it's like, it drives me crazy that we like use like diet as in like, like we have a diet, which just means like what you consume right. versus like going on a diet, quote unquote. So I think like what you're saying is like media diet of like, what is it? Like, what, what are the things that I'm consuming? Because I know, um, I have no idea how many people I follow on Instagram, but I'm sure it is way more people than I'm aware of. <laughs> and probably people that I follow for, like forever ago that I'm still seeing and like, why what is that and and it's like not why I'm I totally said that in a doubtful tone but like it doesn't have to be doubt it's just like why mm-hmm. like why is this here do I enjoy it do I not is it challenging things do I enjoy that it's doing that like what is the purpose of this and becoming a- aware of that helps to um it creates deepened self-awareness or just deepened awareness in general, which is part of what I'm saying, expansiveness. That's really what I'm speaking to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Preach. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like fully on board with all of that. 
I, I feel like we could talk about this for a really long time. Um, (laughs) like, I feel like maybe we will, maybe we'll talk about it again. Um, because I do think it's a valuable conversation and, you know, we don't, Sammy and I, we're not pretending to have any answers here, but I think it's an important conversation to be having and to be looking at. Um, and I think, and having like out loud and having in a visible way, because there's so, I think there's still taboo around talking about some of this stuff. And like, so the conversations either aren't happening or they're happening in like behind closed doors where like, so that people aren't aware in a larger sense that like other people are experiencing this or this is more common than I think it is. And I'm not the only one by far. Um, So, you know, I think it's, it's just really, really valuable and to seek it out. And, you know, we have, I highly recommend that book for sure. The body liberation project. I also have like a, an intuitive eating workbook that I think is pretty good. Um, Hmm. Is another one. I can't think of any right off the top of my head as far as other books. Mm. Sure, there are, and oh, I'm sure yeah. I've read them. Um, so if I think of them, I'll include them in the email when we send this out. But awesome. but thank you, Sammy, for having an amazing yeah, thank you. combo. Definitely. And thank you all for listening. And we'll talk to you in our next episode. Bye. Well, there's that high voice again. <laughs> <laughs> that weird. Now we're we're exiting. That's how we now it's awkward again. <laughs> Bye.